KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, getting you ready for G-Bag Nation, and then G-Bag Nation will lead you into the official pregame at 4 o'clock. Part of the pregame extravaganza, the player profile is with Donovan Wilson right here on your official home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. But Is he your favorite Cowboy right now? You, you like you've been talking. He's an A&M guy. Yeah, you've been talking about him a lot, and we even think, before he, yeah. this year we've eyed him. But yeah. you've been bringing him up a lot this season. I think just and he came up in the X Factor conversation because like I get it. Dak Prescott came up, and I'm like, well, sure. Like this game will like raise or fall probably because of him. I think it might be Tony Pollard still. He's your favorite player right he's now. So okay. I really like him, but. Donovan Wilson, he's he's up there. I like that. Okay, all right. I was just I was kind of getting an idea of where Kevin's Cowboys love is located. Yeah, because right I like Donovan Wilson. He can do a lot of things, and also he's an over he's a over performer, right? Like we lament on this team all the time. It's like this person gets paid this, they don't produce this. Well, Donovan Wilson overperforms what he gets paid. Like so the KNC Tony masterpiece. All right, yes, I got you. And us weekend show that was always kind of grinding along here. Night show that never got any credit for what they were doing. And Did then, y'all bring y'all lunch pail? Uh, man, always. I got a bag in the fridge right now. <laughs> Does that pick I, I ordered it? playoff pizza for us. Some <laughs> <laughs> time. Now, Mike, does it have shrimp on it's, it? It's supposed to be porridge, though. I think I just messed up. Where's my shrimp? Pizza Hut just called me, and they're out of banana peppers. And I just said, just throw pepperoni on it. I'll be fine. I think the guy was about to give me, like, an extra pizza or something. He's like, So you All cut right. off the deal. I, I unfortunately, <laughs> I think I was, didn't want to be on the phone. And then after I hung up, I was like, I think he was about to offer me a deal. But once I said, just throw pepperoni on it, it's fine. Yeah. I think he's like, oh, good. I get out of having to throw in a freebie <laughs> breadsticks or a something or whatever. So there's, I screwed that one up. There's my getting work done right here <laughs> right now. You know what? In honor, I promise, Corey, we will have future editions of playoff porridge. All right. But in honor of Mike losing his deal, Whoa. how about we do some playoff pizza Let's go. right now? All right. I'm going to give you guys the option. So kind of around the NFC East-ish is we're not going to talk about the Jags. We'll get to them. Yeah. Do you want to talk about we will get to them, I they promise. They won. The I NFC know. winner. NFC East winner. You're saying around the NFC okay. East? You want to start with the Vikings and the Giants? I think so because that was the upset of the weekend. All right. Let's go with cut number five right here as we dive into Vikings and Giants. Seconds to. Teams come to the center of the field. The final 25 seconds tick off the clock, and the New York Giants are on to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The final score, the Giants 31, and the Vikings 24. The Giants are the sixth team to score 30 points in a wild card game this week, tying the 1982 wild card round for the most in any playoff round in the Super Bowl era and the 2012 divisional round, which means if the Bucks or preferably the Cowboys get to 30 points this weekend, that will set the new playoff round record. So we need it. We need the Cowboys to get there tonight. Do you think this will be a high-scoring game? I, that would not necessarily be my choice. Like, I would be more in the, I think, 27 wins it for you range. I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. But I like much like when San Francisco had their moment, it seemed like once that fumble happened, the game fell apart for Seattle, right? True. I do think the Cowboys, if they have one of those big explosive offensive plays, it will make it seem that much because I don't think the Bucks offense can keep up. You know what's gonna be interesting? If 
Tampa can't run the ball, which is highly likely. Whether yes. you like the look, the Cowboys uh, run a, run defense is not good, and if they win this game, it will be tested severely the next week against San Francisco. But this game tonight, if Tampa can't run, which they've proven throughout the season they can't, yeah. If Dallas can't run, which throughout the month of December they've proven they can't struggle, this game might not end till midnight. It might become, which is going to be interesting, what the score could be. Yeah. If both quarterbacks pass the ball over forty times, which I think is more likely than than either team actually running the ball well. Yeah. So I think we could see. I'm not sure because I've been picking scores in the twenties. Yeah. But I could see this score getting into the 30s, mid 30s if both if they just teams start are like, pitching it yeah, around. Because every yeah. time you income, it's a it, the clock stops. It is. It's not hard to imagine. Mike is uh, Tom Brady threw the ball more than any human in the yeah. history of a regular season ever. And this will be my next question to you guys. Let's just say Kellen Moore hands the ball off to start the game. I, I think there's a 60 percent chance that yeah. that happens. I, I'll leave it at 60 40 that. The, they hand the ball off. It's a two- or three-yard game. And then let's just say, I don't think they'll hand the ball off again, but let's just say they hand the ball off, and it's a two- or three-yard gain, and you're sitting there at third and five, and you throw an incomplete pass. Does he want to go back to the run? I know that's just the first drive, yeah. but then the second drive, you run the ball for two or three yards on one carry, and you're like, we passed the ball twice. Or the Cowboys passed the ball twice. I just wonder how long will Kellen Moore stick with the run? I know that's a complaint about him. But will he keep sticking with it if it's a two to three yard gain on a consistent basis in the first quarter? If we're just talking effectiveness as opposed to like score, I think they're going to stick with it. They have been talking heavily over the last week or two about how important the run is, regardless of like what the effects are. Like you have to establish the run. It's important for other reasons than just the yardage, right? They've talked big about that. So if they abandon it, they would really be abandoning some some talking points they've had for quite a while. Part of me hopes that's a little bit of a rope-a-dope because I understand understand the logic behind that but when you are not successful on first or even second down which i think we saw a lot i think the key is going to be can you pivot out to something else and you know what though if i'm i think the more of the the how and all that stuff the why if i'm kellen moore i'm showing them what saquon barkley did yesterday yes why is why is what he just did important watch what daniel jones can do afterwards because they're afraid of, of barkley's run and then, so You're that's right. the same with the Cowboys. Why are we running the football? And this is why we need an explosive play. We need you to do this. Why? Because it's going to set up our offense. And I think Saquon's line from yesterday might be my nightmare scenario for Leonard Fournette tonight because he's 9 of 53 on the ground. I mean, obviously, he had those two touchdowns, but he also caught five passes for 56 yards. And I know Tom Brady's not going to take off the way Daniel Jones is, but the point is, is your run defense can also at times be equivalent to your short pass defense, right? Like your little dump offs and everything like that. That can be like the same basic defensive concepts. And I will tell you this. I still think, and it's just one game, but long term, I still think it's a mistake to give big money to both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But I get when you look at yesterday's game and you're like, we can do something with these guys. So I thought Daniel Jones was tremendous. I thought Saquon Barkley was outstanding. Dude, there was, and Reggie, you pointed this out earlier. The Vikings' pass defense I mean, is just miserable. Fair. Yeah, I think Lou Riddick was was talking about Fair. that early last week, and I was like, okay, we got to watch this a little bit. And Daniel Jones shredded him. Absolutely. But, like those receivers were crisp. Like his receivers were open. The, they got to find those spaces. The Cowboys have to do. That's something that I. 
I hope to see based on setting up with the run. We're going to kind of quick hit some of these games, too. We'll have plenty of time to get back around to them. Where do you want to go next? Well, we're going around the NFC. You're going to playoffs, NFC? Play- playoffs. Stick can- with the NFC. Okay. All right. Next up, then, you get the horrifying San Francisco 49ers. Let's play cut number one. Purdy going to throw back middle, wide open, Debo Samuel. Down the sideline, 50, 40, Debo 30, Debo 20, Debo 10, Debo touchdown, San Francisco. What a horrible matchup for the Cowboys. I think (laughs) going to these two games, my son asked me as it was a very close game in the uh, Vikings-Giants game, and I said, I think I'd rather the Giants Agreed. or sorry the Vikings win Agreed. because I think the Cowboys have a better chance to beat Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts not I'm having much you. experience. I get Brock Purdy doesn't, but his his shoulders hurt. They seem to be a team that's very beatable right now, and I was just like, San Francisco is the worst matchup for the Cowboys because the Cowboys can't really stop the run if you're a good running team. And then they have weapons. I'm still, we'll pick that up later if they win. I don't know if I agree with that assertion with the return of Hankins and LVE, but we'll see. It might not even matter. Like after tonight, it might not matter, but I would like to discuss that with you if they win later in the week. I just think that's a horrible matchup for the Cowboys. I agree. Mike, in in our group text, you did say that Brock Purdy was, was great in this game. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was. Obviously, what he was 11 of 21 uh, early in the game, and then you looked up, and you're like, he still only has 10 in completion, so he went on a nice run. Yeah. But I Seven and nine to close it out. Yeah. I think, I guess, and it's it, it's a matter of where I'm coming from here. He is a rookie quarterback. Right. I wanted to see how is this rookie quarterback going to handle the playoffs, and I thought he hand, handled them tremendously well. I think that's a fair assertion. Uh, the one thing that gave me pause, and you can kind of hear it in that in that highlight we played, Dudes were booty butt naked open and taking a whole bunch of yards on the ground after catch. Now, so what did Debo run, like 50 yards on that play? Keep going, because I was just about to point out Yak. Go ahead. Yeah, but to be fair, right, to him, he actually still had a whole bunch of air yards. That is just an offense that is well-designed. This is kind of what we talk about when we talk about Kyle Shanahan with the quarterbacks. They they love Yak, all right? And Mike McDaniels learned yards after catch yeah. and how to set those up. To the point that, I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, two of the leaders in yards after catch in the NFL. You know who number one in Yak is, Kevin? Team or player? It's actually Austin Eckler. So that's oh. a different a different <laughs> category. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Number, yeah. uh, But in the top 20, San Francisco has McCaffrey and Debo at like 13. It's, and if it's you look, terrifying. This Mike is set up like Tom Brady. I hate it. saying that, but this is set up for like Tom. the way Tom Brady won a championship in his first one. The San Francisco 49ers remind me a lot of that, and they probably even have a little bit better weaponry on the offensive side. The the other uh, the other leaders, teams with two people that are in leaders in Yak, Kansas City. Like that's that's just like the teams that have yeah. yards after catch are really good teams because look at the way that they drop plays. If you watched the San Francisco game, they showed all the different things that got that route open. And Reggie, I know you've gone down the the Kurt Warner wormhole of learning how uh, a rabbit hole of learning how all the the route combinations work together. But man, the little things that that Mike Shanahan draws up that get this guy open. Here you are paying attention to everything over here. The way he looks at the game is, I have so much time to run a play. What is it, 40 seconds? Yeah. I'm going to use all of it leading up to the play. And then afterwards, I got more to come for you. And Mark Sanchez, I think, said this well when he called a DAT game. And I thought he did a great job yeah. uh, as that. 
He said, there's completions. You know, we talk about completions, and you'll say, well, that was an accurate pass. It was a completion. I'm not saying Brock Purdy was awesome, but the yards after catch happen because your quarterback hits a guy in stride, and they keep moving. And so I, I do think that you do have to give sometimes quarterbacks credit for, yeah, it was a five-yard route, but I hit him in stride where the guy never had to break stride. So the guy that he got open by two yards, he can't really catch him because I let him where he's not having to slow down or bend down to catch the ball. Do you guys on the AFC side, do you want to go Bengals-Ravens or Bills-Dolphins? Bills-Dolphins was more exciting to me. All right, let's go ahead and fire off cut number four then, please. To the right of Allen, the shotgun. Here's the snap. Fires it to Beasley at the three. Lunges for the end zone. Touchdown. Welcome back, Cole Beasley. Buffalo back in front. Now, Josh Allen had a really rough start to this game, and we might talk more about that tomorrow, but a couple things about Mike McDaniel. First, I know the social media world got caught up with whether or not he actually was vaping, which is what it appeared was happening during the game, but... Just, you got 51 seconds to make a call. And I know he said upstairs, we thought we had the first down and there was confusion about it and everything like that. You don't have a play ready to go just in case. And so that fourth and one turned into a fourth and six. Sometimes, man, the game's too big for you. Maybe that maybe that was his moment. Of, it was I, not I his had, finest. I yeah. had to learn. I got to learn. And, you know, Skylar Thompson, like we all the junk I we talked. His last name's Thompson now. K Stater. He, all the stuff we were like, man, that dude looked miserable every time I saw him during the regular season. He didn't look miserable against the Bills uh, uh, over Which, the weekend. He wasn't great, he but wasn't, yeah, but he didn't look yeah, miserable. You're right. I will say this: it makes me wonder if Cincinnati's putting up fifty against Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. before uh, DeMar Hamlin got hurt, it was an easy touchdown drive and it looked like another easy touchdown drive. The game ended and you you didn't play the rest of the game, but I mean literally Cincinnati looked like they were not going to be stopped against Buffalo and then the next time you kind of see Buffalo, I know they played New England, but then the next time you see Buffalo, they can't stop Skyler and they can't stop Miami for the most part to get early in the game they did, but as the game progressed, you're like Miami can do a whole bunch here. What is Burrow and and Chase and Higgins and and Mixon going to do to these guys? With my with my wife, we were talking about the playoff games as they unfolded, like the Chargers and the Jags. I was like, a lot of people thought it could go either way. San Francisco did what they were going to. When this game look, it looked like at multiple points the Dolphins might get this done. She goes, "What about this one?" I was like, "This would be." Shocking! Buffalo closed as the biggest favorite in the history of the wild card round. This would be, I mean, I did it close at fourteen. Okay, and this would have been a stunning, stunning loss if Miami would have won this game. Stone Cold Steve Stunner. That's yes. Uh That is. Is that is that right? Stunishing Uh Rack Rude. That. I mean, I kind of see where you're going with that Vanishing one. Vanishing Rick Rude? What and then it? Ravishing. Oh. And then just real quick for the uh, for the Bengals and the Ravens. Yes, the Bengals were victorious. You know what's notable notable about this? Derek it, bet on them. Is, yes. True. Is this shows for Joe Burrow and this franchise how far they've come. Did you know that the Bengals were the only active NFL team that had never won a playoff game in back-to-back seasons? Ne- the only one. They had never done it, and now for the first yeah. time ever, they have won playoff games in back-to-back years. When was the years. last time the Cowboys did that? It's been a long-ass time, Mike. 
It's been a long ass time. Luckily, we lost last year. <laughs> so we're due. Yeah. I like it. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, T-Law, Mike Bassick, and oh yeah, I guess the Jags are victorious. So let's talk about that amazing comeback with more enthusiasm than Al Michaels next right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan, and you might have noticed... We left one game off the list because I knew if it didn't get its own segment, we were going to bring upon Sadness Mike. So let's go ahead and go to cut number eight right here as Jacksonville gets work done. I'm Trevor looking. Fires deep downfield. Got a man wide open. They go into the end zone. Touchdown, Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are victorious. I will tell you, the place I watched this game was also uber- invested because I was watching with my brother-in-law and he was stationed in Jacksonville and is a humongous Jags fan. And so it was a turn of events because this you made wa- it sound like you were in an Uber watching that. Oh game. yeah. No, like, that's no what but I like, Uber was also a place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was at Uber. I was at Uber. It was I think crazy. It is in San Francisco. They got big screens is and his wife at halftime was like, yeah, I might just go to bed. And then they score that touchdown that you referenced. And we're like, well, let's just see how it starts. And then, I, I think that Jacksonville is not going to become a huge bandwagon, but when you're choosing between the Chargers and Jacksonville, when we were at the card show this weekend out in yeah, Allen, yeah. really a fun time. Dallas card show, baby. People are talking, obviously, a lot about playoff football yeah. and what's going to happen. And you find that, yes, there are a lot of people collecting Justin Herbert, yeah. but I don't think there's a lot of people that kind of root for the Chargers. They're just like a blah organization. Corey, you've talked about this a lot. They don't have a home. Yeah. LA doesn't want them. San Diego's mad at them. So I think people are like, yeah, it'd be cool for Jacksonville. Not that Jacksonville has a huge fan base or anything like that or a big city, but I think that Jacksonville has a lot of people going, that's fun. That's an underdog situation. I want that underdog to figure out a way how to do it. You okay, burp. Mike? I oh, burping. no. <laughs> I thought he was like just so caught up in the emotions burp, of it all. I had a burp right in my throat. And I was just like, it was really tough to get out the last words. There were a lot of reasons I thought that Jacksonville could win. Also, I like wacky stats that steer me in one direction. And when it said Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a oh! Saturday in high school, college, or the NFL, he was 37-0. and 0. What? It, it, yeah. Take that, Sean Sharif, you it, T-Law hater. It was that kind of thing that I was like, huh. Okay, and they maybe. play Saturday night against Kansas oh, City. Oh my gosh, that's going to be one. Is but oh, then as the game progressed, we all have to admit it looked pretty terrible because Trevor Lawrence God. became the first quarterback with an interception on each of his first two career playoff drives since they started tracking play by play in 1991. So he's the first. This is where it helps me out watching, let's say ESPN or NFL yeah. Network or stuff, because I was like, well, look, it stinks. But the first one, you know how we, the deck lovers will say, it's never Dak's fault. It's always the receivers ran the wrong route, or what are you supposed to do? But I will say this. I I think it was Hasselback on ESPN who said, that first interception was Trevor Lawrence's fault. And I'm like, really? And he said, here's the deal. Watch when he fakes the handoff. He should have handed the ball off. He read the defense wrong. And when you read the defense wrong, you can put a lot more hands in your lane than you want them to be. And so the ball was tipped. Hey, did he throw it right to somebody? No, but he read the defense wrong. If you look at that, that ball should have been to Travis Etienne for a handoff up the middle for anywhere from 
three to ten yards, let's say. So I thought that was a great job of breaking that one down. The second one, I disagreed with Doug Peterson at the time, but hey, it was fourth and seven from the 34. Yeah. That's usually in today's game, that's about an 80% chance you're going to make that field yeah. goal. And so I was like, man, so at that point, what was he supposed to do? The dude was covered. He's like, screw it. I, it's fourth and seven. What am I supposed to do? Take a sack a here and throw it away? A turnover. So he took a risk there on a guy that was covered, and that one. Went, the, the next two were really bad. Because the start, three completions on the first two drives, two interceptions, yeah, and a 7.3 passer rating. Like I said, first time in the play-by-play era, and it looked just – you couldn't have started the game much worse. And I yeah. felt like it got worse. Yeah, it did. <laughs> You're right. The, the entire, first two you could excuse a little bit. The entire Cowboys world started tweeting about – Man, Kelvin Joseph instead of Asante Samuel Jr. Like, Man, Asante Samuel Jr. looked like he was his daddy out there for the first like half. Like every that single hurt. person was just like, Cowboys could have had him, but they he went three picks later. Well, at least you got that. I got Trevor Lawrence is a bum. I hope you sold all his cards. He's a I saw Bobby. I saw me saw Bobby Bell. Sean, Sean tweeted me too. Well, you admit for a minute or, though, texted me. you were very I, angry as well. I was, no, you know, in a way I was... Because, once again, they're not the Cowboys to me, and the Cowboys aren't the Cowboys to me anymore. By the way, last night I couldn't fall asleep, so I watched the 1992 NFC Championship game. Which last was really, road win. I, that was when I was really a, a like Cowboys diehard yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm saying it continued, but that was when I can remember just living and dying on the Dallas Cowboys. Is I was like, this stinks. But I was kind of in the part where you go to, they still accomplish more than most people thought, even kind of more than maybe I thought they'd accomplish. And this is a horrible st- start to his playoff career, but we can only go up from here. Right? You start you start, sure. you start, start spinning sure. it as a Jacksonville fan or really a Trevor Lawrence fan of like, hey, he still made the playoffs. This really stinks. Maybe in the second half he can create some positive moments to take into next year. Well, you know who never stopped believing? Cut number nine, Steve Maurice, band or Maurice like Jones oh, drew, Journey. but it, it, it might've been, it Thank wasn't you. that he believed in the Jags. It's he never stopped not believing in the chargers. Gotcha. So let's go to cut number nine. This is Maurice Jones drew at halftime. It's halftime. The chargers are up 27 to seven. The most charger thing to do <laughs> is allow the Jags back in the game in the second half. And they went on a last second field goal. Oh, wow. Did he write that script? And that is exactly what happened. Not to be lost among all of this is because Bosa couldn't control his temper and flipped out. They're not going for two on that. Like, I know they're like, oh, you got to go for the win. I don't think they go for two unless that penalty plays out. Because they got it to the one yard line. Exactly. Now, who knows how six overtime six yeah. helped out a lot there. I thought that was a clever play call because he's like, all you got to do is go whoop and put your arm over that. It was a really that, good play get, call. Yeah. Very effective. You know yeah. what's amazing is, I, I know I'm continuing the game a little bit further, but because of that, when it was fourth and a foot late in the game and they were down by two, and Etienne runs the ball to the outside for the 20-yard gain or yeah. maybe a little bit more than that, and that kind of wins the game. That puts him in easy field goal range. What a gutsy call on fourth and a foot when you have the six foot six quarterback who just from one yard out reached over. Yeah. And, now I know that there's a fumble opportunity there. It doesn't count as like, hey, the ball isn't over, you yeah. know, dead once yeah. you get a touchdown. But I just thought, wow, you have a quarterback who proved that he can get a whole yard and you only need a foot. Right. And he's like, yeah, let's call that timeout. 
and hand the ball and push it to the outside. I don't know if it was a designed call to the outside or Etienne popped it to the outside, but what a what a play. It really was. Now, this ended up being the third biggest comeback in playoff history mm. behind the Bills' 32-point comeback versus the Oilers in 92. The Colts' 28-point comeback over the Chiefs. Yeah, as Andrew Luck. And I'm really hoping that Trevor Lawrence doesn't end up like Andrew Luck. And now this one is, do you want to hear proper level of excitement or disappointing level of excitement? Uh, Let's go proper first. All right, so we're going to go to the Jacksonville Radio Network for cut number three. It's 30-28. The Chargers are leading. Jacksonville is going essentially for the win. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game! All right. Now I get that's their home network, so you might not expect like as much enthusiasm. But here's Al Michaels, who's got stuff to do with Cut 10 calling that same play. Make sure to pay attention right out the gate. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. That's it. That's it. He could give two Fs about it. How many times do you think that in his career, though, like for for this point, how many times in his career do you think he's had the excitement level at the right time? Some stupid flag has killed his call, and he's been like, gosh, man, I can't. You know what? I'm glad that hockey doesn't have that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have Do You Believe in Miracles. Yeah, but listen. Play the beginning again. Listen to how disinterested he starts before the flag comes out. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. Got but it. like, even here we go for the win. That's his. That's his thing. That's what he does. I understand. Everyone wants to cut the grass. Here they we wanna, go. They want to try and kill him today. I get it. It's official. He's I, finished. He is. He oh. probably. Oh, is, yeah, Al Michaels is washed. He does not to... care about doing this oh, anymore. Man. He does he care about his check. fifteen to twenty million dollars or whatever. But yeah, they had him out on loan. Now, I think also does, doesn't he do Thursday night football now? Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. He was out on. So yeah. he's completely and totally disinterested in the NFL because they give him crap games. He said Thursday night football broke him. Because he yeah. had to sell it. You and know now you can tell. He's like, to the end of the season, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Football stakes. You know what also doesn't help? He's sitting with Tony Dungy. Like, to- I don't know what gets yeah. Tony Dungy excited, uh, but uh, it ain't he, football, he like, apparently. F about that. But the most exciting part about this game for me personally is to see the people go down in flames who wagered on this. Is somebody at Caesars bet. 54,000, we'll get to the other one. Yes! Pretty bet, cheap pizza. Bet $54,000 on the Chargers to win. Caesar. To win $1,000. Wow. And that's pretty bad. They lost. However, at one online sports book, they, to- they took a live money line bet on the Chargers of $1.4 million to win $11,000. That was the bet. They bet $1.4 million. How does Darren Ravel get this information? <laughs> I he's think the one betting. I was going to say, he's invested in one of them. And yes, I that is Dude. the case sometimes. My my father-in-law, that's, uh, that's where I was this weekend, was watching with them. And by the way, Saturday, he said, hey, 
hang out and watch football he stood while up for everybody yeah. else in the house disappeared for a while. And he he is a Vegas gambler. He yep. loves to go to Vegas and, and bet on games. And he was like, this is the stupidest bet. This makes zero sense as a bet. It may Even if you have the money to bet yeah. this, it makes zero sense to bet this for that small of a percentage of return. If you have a one and a half million dollars, why would you bet it for eleven thousand in return? The last thing I want to leave you with is this quote from Brandon Staley when he got hired. I wonder how much you would have won if you would have bet a hundred bucks on Jacksonville at halftime. Yeah, because I was thinking. I know the the odds don't exactly work inversely because right. you're looking about close to a hundred one. I think if you bet a hundred dollars, you would have won eight thousand dollars. Something. Right. To that point is my guess. This is when Brandon Staley got hired. The history of this team when I got here, it was like someone's going to get hurt. They're going to blow a lead. Something catastrophic is going to happen. There's this charging. And there's all these external facts that I know in my life. They're just excuses. They're all excuses. And so, all right, well, how do you change that? We have to do things different. You have to have a different approach. And yet, we still ended up in the exact same spot for the Chargers. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, going to give you some Cowboys roster moves plus the top jersey sales for the season in Gridiron Gravy. Next, right here on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Before we get to Gridiron, since Corey just put his headphones on in the most amazing fashion I've ever seen, I believe he has big Mandalorian news to share with us first. And this absolutely <laughs> goes in with Gridiron Gravy tonight, Kevin. Yeah. And yes. Is he going to be at the game? Go ahead and hit the dip real All quick. All right. Let's do it. With playoff pizza. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tonight. Let me see if I can find this again. What? Well, you just said it was so big. Yeah, you forgot. Well, well I want to make sure I get it right. Oh, yeah, we got him, boys. We got him. Oh! This is how people false start. It's not a setup. They leave the huddle, and three seconds later, they forget when they're supposed to move. <laughs> what was the play again? <laughs> Don't miss the official trailer oh. of The Mandalorian airing tonight during the NFL wild card game at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Eastern time. Eastern time. Yeah. Guys, let me finish reading. <laughs> On ESPN and ABC Network, there will be a Mandalorian trailer. It's on March 1st, but a new trailer. This is, to me, this is genius. This is going to be the most watched game this year. Um, I think it'll still fall behind the conference championship games, but it'll be... This is... It, okay, yeah, you're in probably the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, this is a massive game. A, Brady. Yeah. B, Cowboys. Yeah. And then it's on Monday night. It's Three. a standalone game. Three, yeah. Uh, it's it's a standalone game. Yeah. And ABC was like, hey, let's make sure, or Disney was like, hey, let's make sure we get this Mandalorian trailer in the, in the midst of this. This is brilliant. And they have a good history of this. They released many of the Star Wars trailers, like for the films and stuff, in the same spot. So I, you're right. I think this is a great idea. All right, let's talk about Aaron Donald's retirement fake out unless he just needed to edit something is people got caught up is that on his profile it said former NFL D lineman for the Rams number 99. Now it also went along with former college player and everything like that, former pit player number 97, former NFL D lineman for the Rams 99. And so you know how Twitter goes. 
is people immediately were like, hold on, Aaron Donald just low-key announced his retirement? And then not long after that, it said former Pitt football player, NFL D lineman for the Rams. And so it, they, he took off the former. So when McVay said he was coming back, Aaron Donald was like, me too, I guess. And I got how you tied it all up. You talked about also the Avengers low-key right there. Uh-huh. That, Star yep, Wars. all tied together. So Aaron Donald, at least for now, apparently not retired. C.J. Stroud is, in fact, going into the NFL draft. Today was the de- or is the deadline to declare for the NFL draft. He still had not declared over the weekend, which led people to believe that Ohio State was like putting together this massive NIL deal, which that's just common sense to me. It's like, what do you? What does the kid need? 15 million, 20 million? Let's figure it out if he's going to be back again for another year. Yeah, man. But he did declare for the NFL. If, if Ohio State or, you know, the people around Ohio State, however you want to say that, ultimately put together the NIL deal by big enough, do you think it's still a smart decision to stay? <sighs> I don't. Certain positions. Well, for him as a quarterback. No. I kind of wonder just a little bit. But this is where you would have had to done your due diligence about like, hey, are there, how many teams are there that like Levis better than me or like Richardson better than me or whoever? Whereas next year I could be like, I can overtake Caleb William, Williams. Nobody maybe, should like Trent Richardson more. He was horrible. No, Anthony Richardson is I like I wonder about that. And you're like, I can take the money and maybe get a more advantageous draft position next year. But the biggest thing is the quicker you come out, the quicker you can get to your second contract, which I. Like, I see the appeal of that a million percent. So, the, I don't know. I also, I mean, I don't know how often they do this. Because, you know, a lot of guys are like, hey, I'll go there and change the culture. You know, that idea. Of, I, That's I'm what the, Brandon Staley told us. I'm the key to it. Baker Mayfield said that too, yeah. right? The But do you want to go to that team that's going to be there? And sometimes you look at it and go, no, I don't want to go to that one. Maybe next year will be better. Maybe they'll sure. get their quarterback sure. and I can go somewhere else instead. Sometimes you want to land in the right situation, man. I know Trey Lance did. Unfortunately, like his body isn't holding up in the the right situation. Now, speaking of money, Jeff Bezos apparently did not put in a bid for the commanders like a lot of people expected. He's buying the Mavs. They said the highest bid or the bids were no bid exceeded $6.3 billion, which is obviously still an insane amount of money. A paltry sum. Yeah. Well, because remember, originally there was reports that the the bidding had gone well north of seven million, seven billion. So it it did go well north of seven million. Is so now the report from front office sports is that no bid exceeded six point three billion dollars. So we will see how it goes going forward. But Jeff Bezos not part of the bidding process for the commander. Do you think if Bezos offered Mark Cuban six point three billion dollars, do you think Mark Cuban would sell the Mavericks? Yes, yes, I do. I have lots of I. I'm on that side with you about monetary cash flow problems and liquidity and everything like that. I'm with you on that. Sean Payton has another interview. If he wants to go ahead and knock that out, is the Panthers added themselves to the mix of teams that already included the Broncos, Cardinals, and Texans that would like to interview Sean Payton. What team do you want to buy? Not the Cowboys. For me, Mavericks, if I had to have one team. I think I might want to buy the Rangers. Oh, wow. I see. I really do see the appeal of like, okay, that's the guy who won us our first World Series. You yeah. know, like all the other teams have a title. I know for some of us, it's been a, some of the teams have been a really long time. But 
there wouldn't be a single that. person that wouldn't want to go to bed with you. Just like now. I wouldn't. <laughs> not a single person. If Kevin buys the Rangers, I'm not sleeping You're with Kevin. Married. You're married. I said a single person. Ooh, got him, coach. <laughs> Man, I don't think people understand how many levels intellectually Corey operates above the rest of us. Because that's like what? I don't know, 12 Reggie's against Mike. single. Reggie, you want to sleep with Kevin if he buys the Rangers? And we want a World Probably Series. No. You're leaving that part <laughs> out. Not. Probably not. Well, that's because Reggie's a Houston guy. Uh, yeah. Is, <laughs> so, yeah, we got to stick with like, like the Astros already got this. Yeah, we got to stick with the Metroplex people. All right. So, all right, let's go from that to top 10 jersey sales for the season. Who do you think? Which Steve DeBerg. Which active? I bought my kid a CD Lamb jersey for Christmas. Oh, nice. How do you like it? Do you think he's in the top 10? I think it's close. Okay. But I, I leaned to Micah Parsons sold the most Cowboys Absolutely. jerseys, and he's in the top 10. I just don't know where. I, I feel like Micah's not even just top 10, top three, maybe even. Ooh. I'm guessing top two. He might be number one. Because I, I saw, and I'm, I am, Kevin, in a weird spot where I was watching a, you know, that thing I sent you the other day of the NBA MVP categories, yes. and it goes like that. I was watching a video of that and Micah was at the top like all season long. Okay, would he be your selection for most jerseys sold this season? Micah, is that who you're asking? Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I feel like I, I just default to they a didn't, quarterback. They didn't make Brock Purdy jerseys so it's mm. he can't, like I, I could see where he could just start selling he, off the, yeah. like I, I guarantee you whatever they've made they can't keep right now but they, said they haven't made enough throughout the season. Um, I guess like maybe is Josh Allen in that mix? Do you think he's in that mix? Is I just I wonder, in that mix? like, he's had his jersey Ooh, for such a long time. Too late. Too late in the season. I'll, I'll lean towards, I'm going to be wrong here, I'll go Joe Burrow. My guess would have been Patrick Mahomes. Those both would have been wrong. The correct answer is, in fact, Josh Allen. Okay. Here's where it's remarkable. Whenever people are like, oh, Cowboys aren't America's team, blah, 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 blah. Three of the top six are Cowboys. All right, so it's going to be Dak, CD, and Micah. That is correct. Josh Allen is one. Micah Parsons, two. Patrick Mahomes, three. Joe Burrow, number oh, four. Good. So I at least had a decent guess. Yeah, no, your guess was very good. CeeDee Lamb, five. Dak Prescott, six. Now, think about this. Justin Jefferson is seven. I don't think anyone in the universe is going to put forth the idea that at this time and place, CeeDee Lamb is better than Justin Jefferson. And I think it's like Justin Jefferson is emphatically better than CeeDee Lamb because he's awesome. But CeeDee Lamb's higher up on the list. That is Where does the, he play? Yes, exactly. Exactly. The rest of it goes Jalen Hurts, 8, Justin Fields, 9, and Tom Brady, 10. Well, I mean, he is the greatest of all time. Oh From the... I mean, go ahead. Dak needs, starting tonight, 33 more wins to tie... Tom Brady's playoff record for <laughs> Mike. Mike, he has one. Have you done this stat, Kevin? One game. He has Tom more Brady, than twenty six. He's two behind teams. being the all time leader in 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 playoff wins. If he gets thir- to thirty seven, he will be over Green Bay, who has the most 
He will be the wow. all-time playoff leader. All the yeah. franchises don't have as yeah. many as him. He's tied with the Cowboys. This and is dumb. When did they start? 1983? <laughs> it's 1919 or 18. From the 817, straight married dude here. I do despicable things for a Rangers World Series. See? Kevin, game on. Exactly. From the 903, this person says if Kevin gives them a Derek Jeter gift bag, they will do the sleepover. Oh, we could definitely get yeah, a gift bag. That basket. would just be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. From the sure. 214, they'd sleep with Kevin so the Rangers could win a World Series, but they're keeping their PJs on. So Okay. That's fair. Modesty. I appreciate that. Trevor Lawrence wasn't on there, huh? Justin Fields. It does go to show how many Chicago Bears fans there are. For sure. Yeah, far bigger fan base. You brought this right. up earlier. Jacksonville not known as like yeah. the biggest fan base. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 1053 the fan. I cannot wait to see how this next segment goes. Cowboys win because Cowboys lose because 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on the fan.